Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So, I just found out that I was speaking 30 minutes ago. So y'all will have to bear with me. Um, I'm praying that the Lord would be the one to speak tonight and to speak a message that I myself need to hear. Sometimes uh, when the Holy Spirit wants to speak, he will speak through a donkey. He did that in the story of Balaam. Uh, and I'm confident that the Lord wants to speak to each and every one of us tonight, including me. So I pray that he would use a donkey in order to deliver a message to every single one of you this evening. Something that's been on my heart these days is this idea of like deep sadness. I feel like a lot of us are in a place of deep sadness. Like life is not the way I thought it would be. Struggle's real. There's a lot happening. There's situations that are going on. And I feel like for many of us, when we go through these different seasons of life in which there is so much struggle, it's hard to really see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's hard to really feel like God is present in the midst of my pain. And it's hard to really feel like there is like something good that will come out of it. And I think when you, uh, there's one psalm that sort of sticks out that sort of resonates with this subject. It's, this, it's Psalm 88. So what I want us to do is I want us to go through Psalm 88 together, and then I want to go through Psalm 121, because I think those two are sort of connected to each other. And my hope is that tonight, as we go through this psalm together, we'll be able to sort of have clarity on how to find healing in the midst of the pain how to find strength in a way to continue on in the midst of the pain that all of us are going through. So when you go to Psalm 88, we have a microphone. Can we all sort of share in the reading? I'll pull it up on the iPad. I'm having a little bit of a hard time. This iPad's a little bit slow, but bear with me. Translation. Yeah, I was going to NKJV. NKJV. Mm -hmm. So this, if you look at the top, what is, oh, Sharif, can you put the screen up? Anyone back there? Oh, they're there, they're there. Oh, I need to mirror it. Okay, hold on. Okay, there we go. What does it say in the top as a subject? A prayer for help in despondency. Who knows what the word despondency means? A, a feeling of being in despair, hopelessness, sadness. Okay? So I want us, as we read the Psalms, the Psalms are prayers, but I want us, as we read this Psalm together, Psalm 88, to really put ourselves into the narrative and to really ask ourselves, like, what the author of this Psalm, by the way, this is not a Psalm of David, this is a Psalm of the sons of Korah. I'm not going to go into the background of the Psalm too much, but I want us to sort of just think 
how this psalm sort of relates to us in our certain circumstances. So who wants to read? Who has a microphone? Go ahead. Let's just go verse by verse. So let's go, let's say one, two, five for now. Okay. Oh, Lord. It's on. You just got to eat the microphone, unfortunately. Oh, Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to the grave. I am counted with those who go down to the pit. I am like a man who has no strength. Adrift among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, and who are cut off from your hand. What would you say this person is feeling in this moment? Like, this is this guy's in a pretty bad situation. I have cried day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to me. It's as though this person is coming before God, believing that God is not listening. So he's like pleading with God, like, let my prayer come close to your ear. Like, listen to me. Like, you know what I'm going through. You know my struggles. Let my prayer come to you. My soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to the grave. Y'all ever heard of the Amplified Version of the Bible? I love when you look at the Amplified Version, because when you go, it says, I'm counted among those who go down to the pit, the grave. I'm like a man who has no strength, a mere shadow. Like, it just gives you a little bit more. Cast away from the living and abandoned among the dead. Like the heaviness of the writer, like the slain who lie in a nameless grave, whom you no longer remember, and they are cut off from your hands. Pretty heavy, right? Like you see the sadness that this person is feeling. You see the struggle. And I, as, as you read these first five verses, how do you think a person gets to this point? How do you think a person gets to this point of sadness? Like, what would you guys say? I think one is um, like expectations. Expectations, okay. In what way? Give me more. Like, um, you think that things are supposed to go a certain way, and you have these expectations, mm -hmm. and it's like you have your plans. And it's not fully, I guess, in God's hand. It's more like, I really hope God's going to do what I want. Mm. And then if it doesn't work out, there's this deep sadness, I guess. So we often will feel like this person is feeling in our certain circumstances when we thought that things are supposed to go a certain way and they didn't. Okay? Okay? And you have this expectation that life was supposed to go a certain way, look a certain way, things were supposed to kind of align, and they didn't. What else? I get the sense that this person is like very isolated and alone mm. and feels invisible. Isolated and alone and like feels invisible. There's a nameless grave. Mm. I'm a mere shadow. Like no one recognizes this person. So I don't know if it's a state of like chemical depression or if it's like a this person has retreated because maybe all these things aren't going their way or they're not being acknowledged. But mm -hmm. I just, I really get a sense of feeling like a nobody mm. it's kind of crazy right like sometimes we think like the biblical characters and like the stories of the scripture these people are like impenetrable forces mm. like oh their lives must have been so great like even when you read like king david as he writes the psalm and so i think it's psalm 40 where he says how long O lord will you forget me forever how long will you hide your face from me 
like Psalm 12, sorry. I waited patiently for the Lord in Psalm 40. <laughs> Psalm 12, thank you. Uh, you know, as you, as you read these people, you see that they're, they, they've gone through emotional hurts and pains and struggles, and their sadness is real. And I feel like sometimes we think the people of the biblical times, they were just chilling. Like God was doing miracle and sign and wonder in their life, but there are moments of like intense pain, intense struggle, intense difficulty. Let's keep reading. Go ahead. Or pass the mic. Yeah. Oh, my turn? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. If you want to. Let's just go th- 6 through 10. Okay. Um, you have late. Sorry. Is it? Hello. Okay. You have laid me in the lowest pit in darkness in the depths. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you have afflicted me with all your waves. You have put away my acquaintances far from me. You have made me an abomination to them. I am shut up, and I cannot get out. My eye wastes away because of affliction. Lord, I have called upon you. I have stretched out my hands to you. Will you work wonders for the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise you? Pause right there. I want to just highlight what this person is feeling. I'm in the lowest place. I've hit rock bottom. It feels like you are punishing me. And it feels like you're, you know, like when a person's like in an ocean. Y'all ever been in like a riptide before? Anyone? Anyone ever been in a riptide before? Like I remember years ago I was in like Wildwood, New Jersey, and all of a sudden like a storm hit. And I was like, ah, what's the big deal? Like, you know, my friends and I are like chilling. You know, we're like tough guys who work out, you know? And I promise you, when that wave sucked me in, I was like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm legit going to die. Like, I need somebody to save me now, right? Like, this, this, this dude or this wave right here is so strong that there is nothing, no matter how strong you are, no matter how much you try to swim, it just feels like it's sucking you in. So this person feels like he's in darkness. This person feels like God's wrath is upon him. This person feels like he's being smacked with waves. He feels alone. You've put away my acquaintances from me. You have made and made me an abomination to them. Like all my friends don't even like me. Like nobody likes me. How many of us in a season of sadness or darkness feel like nobody really cares about us? Right? Like when you're sad, when you're struggling, there's this feeling of like intense isolation that you're like, Nobody really cares. Nobody really wants me. Nobody really even knows what I'm going through. My eye wastes away because of affliction. Lord, I've called upon you daily. I've stretched, I've called daily upon you. I've stretched out my hands to you. Will you work wonders from the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise you? Can I ask you guys a question? He's in the middle of the thick of it, but he's still praying. Like, he's in the middle of the thick of the worst of the worst circumstances. And he's saying that he stretched his hands out to God. I feel like in our circumstances, the difference between these people and us is that when things are really going bad, oftentimes we don't stretch our hands out. Oftentimes we stretch our hands out to the wrong people. Oftentimes we stretch out to those who really are actually going to make our pain even worse. 
I'll ask you a litmus test. This is a litmus test. You all know chemistry litmus test? When life beats you up, where do you run? Where do you run? Who do you run to? Who's the first person you call? Who's the person that you reach out to? Who's the person that you believe has your back? Is it God? You know, everybody, if you ask the question, what's like your priorities? God, family, food. <laughs> you see it like Instagram, God, family, food, you know? But like, really, is God priority? If God is priority, if God is really number one, shouldn't he be the first person we run to when we're going through a hard time? This dude, he's in the thick of it, but he's got his arms stretched out to God. He's still pleading with God. He's still reaching out to him. He's still talking to him. He's still begging him. And I think God honors this type of prayer more than the prayers that are done when everything is going great. When you don't feel like going to God, when you're struggling, when you're in the thick of it, and you go to God anyway, man, that's like when my kid is going through a hard time and they run to their dad, there is nothing that is more powerful in that moment that you just grab your kid, you hold them, and that kid feels like they're the safest person in the world. There's nothing also that gives me more joy than to comfort my kids when they're struggling. Like any parent in this room knows that when your kid is struggling, who do they reach for? They reach for their dads or their moms. They reach for their parents. In fact, I was picking up my son today from school. And he's, in a, he's in a grumpy mood. And the first thing, he jumped out of the woman's hands that was carrying him, and he ran. He's running. I just grabbed him up. I'm like, Mike, are you okay? Are you all right? I'm sad. Why are you sad, buddy? She didn't give me a sticker. In that moment, I'm like, all right, thank God he's not in like a worse mood from something else. But he just didn't get a sticker. He's so sad because he didn't get a sticker. I was like, why didn't she give you a sticker? Because I wasn't listening. Okay, well, you know why. So will you work wonders for the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise you? Shall your loving kindness be declared in the grave? I want to go to the Amplified Version on this one. Look what verse 11 says. Will you perform wonders for the dead? Shall the departed spirits arise and praise you? Will your loving kindness be declared in the grave or your faithfulness in the underworld? Will your wonders be known in, dark, in the darkness and your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? Like, he's like saying, like, do something. Do something. Like, do you want, like, in the underworld, like, in the, the, like, you can't do anything more when I'm dead. Like, I'm already dead. <laughs> like, my circumstances are so bad. Like, I'm already in the worst of the worst places. Like, do you let your loving kindness be declared in the grave? Shall your wonders be known in the dark and your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But look what he says in verse 13. But to you I have cried out, O Lord. And in the morning, my prayer comes before you. In the morning, in the midst of his pain, first thing, he goes to him. But then he goes back to complaining. 
like you see in the midst of this, it's like bad, 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 bad. Lord, stretch your hand out to me. Bad, 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 bad. But I'll wake up in the morning and I'll pray to you. Why do you cast me off, my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I've been afflicted and ready to die from my youth. I suffer your terrors. I am distraught. Your fierce wrath has gone over me. Your terrors have cut me off. They come around me all day long like water. They've engulfed me altogether. Loved one and friend, you have put far from me and my acquaintances into darkness. Loved one and friend, you have put far from me. I love this psalm. You know why I love this psalm? I'm not like an emo buna, but it's like, I love this psalm because it's like, this dude is fighting with God. He's standing before God and he's like pleading with him. He's not like, dear Lord, thank you for this day and every day. Thank you for all your magnificent wonders and works. He's like, where are you at? What are you up to? What's going on? I'm dying over here. Help a brother out. Take me out of the pit. This is terrible. Like, are you going to wait till I die till you do something? Get me out of here. Like, he's battling with the Lord. And he's real with the Lord. He's authentic with the Lord. And his, in his prayer, he's being honest about how he feels. This is a relationship. This is a relationship. This is not a formality. This is not something that he does. Why do you think at the end he says loved one and friends? Because he's had a relationship with him throughout the entirety of his journey, in the highs and in the lows, in the goods and the bads, in the, the ugly and in the pleasant. I love this psalm. I love this psalm. And the reason why I love this psalm is because it tells me that God hears my prayer even when it's not said in the most eloquent or appropriate way. When I'm upset and when I'm down, at least I went to him. When I'm in a dark place and things are rough, at least I went to him. And in the end of this, you don't really find hope. This is not a psalm of hope. This is not one of these psalms that you sort of read and you're like, you know, at the end, you know, he felt so good. When you go to Psalm 12, psalm we were talking about earlier, where am I? I can't read. It's too small, this font. Am I losing my, my sight? Is it Psalm 12? Is it Psalm 13 in this one? 13. Look what King David says. He says, How long, O Lord? That's why King David is a man after God's own heart. I love him. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider me and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But look what he does. He starts off the beginning of the psalm. Terrible. But look what he... But I trust in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. King David in Psalm 13. He starts off in despair. He finishes off in joy. He starts off in trouble. He finishes off knowing the faithfulness of God. Even this guy in Psalm 88, he still at the end calls him friends because he recognizes the relationship. 
I want to go to Psalm 121 now. Sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. This is the psalm of the answer, I think, to Psalm 88. (laughs) God, the help of those who seek him. That's the subject line. This dude, 88, he's going to the Lord. And this is the God of help to those who seek him. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I love this. Like, when I look up, when you see, you, you know when you say when I look up to the hills, you know what that means? Like when I look up at the difficulties that life is about to throw at me. Like the hills always in scripture are like the hills and the valleys, the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, or the struggles and the difficulties. Right? When I look up at the hills, when I look at all the struggles that I'm going to have to endure in life, where does my help come from? Quickly answers. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow me to my foot to be moved. How many of us in the midst of pain believe that God is working this pain for good? How many of us in the midst of struggle believe that God is orchestrating everything to save me, to help me, to support me, to build me thicker skin, to give me the capacity to be able to be sympathetic and compassionate to those who suffer too? When we're in the thick of it, we believe that God's wrath is upon us, like this guy in Psalm 88. But King David says, my foot won't be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. God is not asleep at the wheel here. It's not like you're in this car and all of a sudden the driver is knocked out and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to crash. Like, no, he's very alert, very aware of everything that you're going through. Every single one of us in this room right now, I want you to know there is nothing that the Lord is not seeing right now that's going on in your life. There is nothing that any of us are experiencing today that the Lord is not aware of. He doesn't have his eyes closed. He's not slumbering or sleeping. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. How many of us believe this? That the Lord is my keeper. That the Lord is my shade at my right hand. Y'all ever been in the thick of like heat, like on a hike, and you can't seem to find shade? That's what it felt like in Egypt during my 40 days. There was no place to hide from the sun. You're like in this black galibay and you're dying and there's no place to hide. You're like trying to like find any palm tree or something to hide underneath. And you're like, please, just give me something. And then you get into a, pl- a building and there's no air conditioning. It's even hotter than it was outside. And you're like, I'd, I'd rather be out there in the sun. And then when you finally take shade, it's like, oh, it's the best feeling in the world. This is what it's like for someone who's in the middle of the thick of it and they find their shade in the Lord. Do you find your shade in the Lord? Do you find your comfort in him? Do you find your strength in him? Do you believe that he is watching all things? The reason why King David is such a baller 
is because he has this intense confidence in who God is. And the reason why he has this intense confidence in who God is is because he has an experience. Right? Like, you might have heard me tell this story before, but in life, right, we often, when it starts to rain, what do we do? We pull out an umbrella, right? And the worst thing that you can do on a rainy day is walk out of the house without an umbrella and find yourself in Washington, D.C. You know why? They rock you on the price of an umbrella when it is raining. You know what the 99 cent umbrella they get from Alibaba? They sell that same 99 cent umbrella for like $14 on a rainy day because they know you're the sucker that left the house without an umbrella. But the smart person is the person who brings an umbrella with him. Smart person is the person who's acquainted with knowing that the rain is going to come, so he's prepared with an umbrella to pull out in the midst of the storm. I feel like we're like those people oftentimes in Washington, D.C. that are walking around with life without an umbrella. We're those people that were like, oh, it's about to rain, let me go. Like you're in panic mode trying to find somebody to buy an umbrella from because your hair is straight and you want to make sure it doesn't get curly again. You know, you're so freaked out by it. You know, it's so funny on Sundays when I'm like throwing the water. Everybody's like pulling their heads down because they know like I'm, I'm going hard with the water at the end of the liturgy. <laughs> and the people that cover, I'm like intentionally, I'm going for you. Watch your hair, ladies. Watch your hair. I'm just kidding. Experience will tell you that when the forecast is gray, bring an umbrella. God is that umbrella in the midst of the storm. Your experience will tell you that God's got me through the past circumstances in life in order to get me through the present circumstances in life. But I'm not going to buy an umbrella on a rainy day because I'm not acquainted with going to him on those days when the storm hits. I have no, have no experience there. So start when, the, when it's not raining. Prepare yourself when it's not raining. Build the relationship when it's not a struggle. Because if you build a relationship when it's not a struggle, when it is a struggle, you'll know where to run to. King David knew where his help came from. He knew that his foot would not be moved. That even though he trips for a minute, God is going to be there to catch him. He knew that God was not asleep at the wheel. He knew that God was his keeper. And that he was his shade. Even though this thing is burning me right now, it feels like I'm literally suffocating. It feels like I'm pleading to find a place of shade and rest. God is right there. He's right there. And when you find that shade, you will never, ever, ever, for a second, not cherish that shade again. Right? He will preserve you from all evil. He'll preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your coming out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. My challenge to every single one of you today is are you in Psalm 88 and you're just hanging out there and you're like, I'm good with the despair and the despondency? Or do you believe that help is coming? Like, do you believe that help is coming? Do you believe that God, though you weep for a moment, though you weep for a moment, he's using this as an occasion to save you?
Though you weep, though you sigh, though you struggle, he's using this as an occasion to save you. He's using this struggle as a means to bring you closer to him. Every single one of us in this room, we know that we're in the midst of the thick of it. First thing you do is you'll either mope, you'll cry, you'll complain, you'll struggle, you'll run away from God, you'll you know flail, or you'll do what? Say, I'm done with the flailing, I'm done with the complaining, I'm coming to you. Because complaining doesn't do anything. Complaining doesn't change my circumstances. And I think every single one of us, we complain thinking that complaining is going to add like any, like even an ounce of joy to us. But the reality is, is when you complain, complaining begets complaining. And the more you complain, the more you complain, the more you complain, and you just get accustomed to being a complainer. And you know what complaining is like? Complaining is like having bad breath. Nobody wants to be around a person who's complaining. Honestly. And not that complaining, you don't have, but complain to who? Complain to him. Don't complain around to other people. Go to him. Tell him. Tell him how you're feeling today. When was the last time in the middle of your pain, you got a little icon of Jesus? You sat down in front of that icon, set a little candle, and you said, we're going to war here. We're going to war here. This is my little war room, and you and I were coming face to face. You know what he says? He says, face me like a man, like he said to Job. Face me like a man. You want to talk? Let's talk. Let's talk. Look what he says to Job. This is rough. Is it 42 or is it 41? This is what happens when you're not prepared. Face me like a man. Where does it go? Who can find it for me? Thirty-eight, totally off. Look what he says here. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Were you there? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or, to, or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors? When it burst forth and issued from the womb. When I made the clouds its garment, and the thick darkness its swaddling band. When I fixed my limit for it, and said bars and doors. When I said... This far you may come, but no farther. And here your proud waves must stop. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? This is God speaking to Job. That it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it. It takes on form like clay under a seal and stands out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld and the upraised arm is broken. Have you entered the springs of the sea or have you walked in search of the depths? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the breath of the earth? Tell me, if you know all this, 
Where is the way to the dwelling of light? And darkness, where is its place? That you may take to it, take it to its territory, that you may know the paths to its home. Do you know it because you were born then? Or because the number of your days is great? How you entered the treasury of snow? Or how you seen the treasury of hail? Go on and on and on and on and on. He's basically like asking Job, stand before me. You think you know better than me? Stand before me. Have a conversation with me. Face me like a man. When we're in the thick of it, what we often do is we run away from God. We run away from God. And my challenge to every single one of us tonight is to say, if you're in the thick of it right now, if you're struggling right now, God sees you. Be like King David in Psalm 121 and trust in his faithfulness. Know who he is. Recognize his character. Know that he's not asleep at the wheel. Know that he has something that he's working out this situation for. But if you want to stand before him and you want to question him, be prepared. Be prepared. Because he's going to respond to you. And he's not going to respond to you in anger. He's just going to ask you questions. Do you know why this circumstance is going on? Do you see the future? Do you know where I want to take you? Do you know why I'm withholding this situation from you or why this relationship isn't working out? Or why? Like, do you, not, do you, do you see the past, present, and the future? Do you know why I'm orchestrating everything in the background to help you? Do you want to see the whole story unfold? Because you can't see it, but I do. And if you know that I'm good, if you trust in my faithfulness, if you recognize who I am, if you know my character, then buckle your seatbelt. Because this is going to be a bumpy ride, but the bumpiness of the ride is what's going to take you to the place of salvation. The bumpiness of the ride is what's going to take you to the place of salvation. And I think all of us in this room, we hate the bumpiness of the ride. But I'll tell you, again, the greatest moment was I was in Africa in 2007 when they didn't have bumps, paved streets. Like y'all have been to Kenya recently, have all these paved streets. And when I first went from Tanzania, we drove from Kenya to Tanzania. And 10 hours of like flip, like your head is about to explode. When you got to a straight way, a paved road, the gratitude that you had was so fantastic. You were just so happy that you finally got to a place where you're not seeing like circles from the dizziness. By the way, Ambabulis gave a Bible study for eight hours in the bus like this. I've never seen a man speak for eight hours straight in a bumpy ride like that. I'm telling you, that was like Holy Spirit working. I was about to vomit, had to pull out a bag. It was rough. I was like, this, I don't know how this man is giving a Bible study. My challenge to every single one of us today is Psalm 88 is a prayer of despondency. Psalm 121 is a, is a psalm of ascent. It's a psalm of when I am struggling, this is one of the psalms that encourages me. This is one of the psalms that lifts me up and takes me to the path of peace. The crooked paths are made straight. The bumpy roads are paved. The wet land becomes a dry land. The fiery furnace becomes a place where I'm not burned. Every single one of us, in all of the circumstances that we go through, though you are with me, 
nothing moves me. So let's all be like those impenetrable forces that our faith is so grounded in him that no matter what circumstances we encounter, I know you got me, Lord. I know you got me. Glory be to God. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.